Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thank you for downloading and listening to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Just before we begin this episode, we just want to take a quick moment to give our shout-outs to our official sponsor of the podcast, Steroplast Healthcare Limited. Now, Steroplast Healthcare Limited provide lots of products to the seven sectors across the UK uh, and expanding to the world. One of the products in particular that I want to talk about is the Sterotape ZO Zinc Oxide Tape. Now, this is the official tape of light heavyweight Charlie Schofield. Charlie's quoted as saying that the Sterotape is by far the best tape he's ever used. The protection it offers whilst he's training allows him to train at the highest level with no hand injuries. And in the sport of boxing, it's very key to protect your hands. So get yourself over to steroplast.co.uk. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 20 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Uh, as always, my name's Sean Basto, your host, and we've got co-host on the line, Cole Jennings. Cole, how's your weekend been? Yeah, it's nothing too bad. Um, caught up with the boxing over the weekend. Uh, a good, some good shows, um, some good fights, um, some not-so-good fights, um, but uh, interested, uh, interesting fights. Um, looking forward to talking through them. Yeah, absolutely, um, and and obviously we, we we covered the first topic of the day today uh, in detail last week. So uh, just to let obviously the listeners know what's in store for today's episode, uh, we've got the British Beef Card discussing the Ecoli Chamberlain and some of the other notable fights on the card. Uh, we've also got the um, 
Gasev and Dortikos World Boxing Super Series fight, which was a cracking fight, which we'll discuss. Uh, we've got the Ultimate Boxer Tournament, which has just been announced. Um, we've got some interesting gossip, uh, which is coming over from stateside, uh, and a couple of other gossips from over in the UK. Uh, and we've got a couple of interviews that are going to be on the show today, which we'll talk about a little bit more. But let's get to it. Let's get to the first uh, big card of uh, 2018, which was the British Beef Card, uh, the Matchroom Boxing Show, which was down in the O2 uh, list Saturday, just gone by. Uh, the main event was a coli, uh, Lawrence Akolai versus Isaac Chamberlain. Uh, now, there's going to be some good conversation between myself and you here, Carl, because I know uh, when we talked about it last week, um, there was a lot of expectation for that particular fight. Uh, I'd like to sort of start off by saying uh, with that fight that I didn't realise uh, the the size difference between both of them um, that that was that really shocked me when when they got in the ring and I was actually thinking oh my god it looks like a, a a heavyweight against a light heavyweight it looked like there was two weight differences between them and and I felt like that that was a big factor on the night um, it was it was a bit of a stinker uh, to be honest and I think a lot of people felt the same about it if you looked on social media a lot of people were saying the same uh, I know obviously you, you kind of felt the same Cahill, I mean how how did you see the fight going? Uh, I think Isaac Chamberlain he, he looks like he looks like a big light heavyweight um, he was on the back foot from the start going down in the first having the point deducted and it it, it, it really fell flat too much holding um, I don't think even though Coley got the win, I don't think he comes out um, with his character kind of, or his, his reputation being any way enhanced by this. It wasn't a dominant performance. It was a very, very flat performance by Isaac Chamberlain, a disappointing performance. Um, British beef, it, it, it fell flat completely. Uh, pity it was in the 0-2. But um, I think the two of them can come again. Maybe the kind of Saturday night shows what, what stage they are at. Maybe they do need to take a bit more time. They both called for it, and it really didn't deliver, which is which is so unfortunate because it promised so much. It did. You're right. And 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 when I thought about it afterwards, and I and I sat down and I think about the fight afterwards uh, on the on the Saturday night, uh, I thought to myself, well, well, actually, should that have been a main event? I'm thinking, actually, no, I don't. I don't think actually that was a main event fight, and I think it really, really shown. And a typical Eddie Hearn, he, you know, he, he can sell sand to the Arabs, that man, and he sold the fight, and there was some good PR for the fight, and I think that's what got people hyped into it. But in reality, you don't see a lot of fighters at this stage of the career going in and topping a big bill and I think a lot of it was down to the fact that you, the, the experience from both guys obviously like Oli being from the Olympics uh, in 2016 was was a big factor in that and the good good press um, for, for Eddie Earn and Matchroom but the overall fight did let me down and I was uh, a bit disappointed I felt like um, the, the referee deducted a point very very harshly for Chamberlain because throughout the rest of the fight Akolai had, had he was seemed to be grabbing on a lot and pushing uh, Chamberlain's head down a lot but he got warned hardly throughout the fight and then eventually he did get the point taken off him but I felt that first point for Chamberlain was, was quite harsh and it kind of set the precedent for that fight and I, I think well, from there on it was just very flat like you say um, but 
I don't want to dwell too much on, on this particular fight today because the undercard, some of the fights on the undercard really did deliver. And the one fight that stood out to me in particular was Ted Cheeseman's victory over Carson Jones. Uh, what did you make of that? I, I felt it was a cracking one, that. Yeah, it. it you, I think on Saturday night we've seen Ted Cheeseman really, uh, that was his acid test. And I think Carson Jones getting on a little bit, but um, by no means past it. He's not He's not one of those fighters that has, has stayed around too long. Um, he comes with a reputation. He's brought Kel, he's, he's brought Kel Brook. Kel Brook into tough fights. Um, he's beaten um, Brian Rose. So Ted Sheesman outpointing um, Carson Jones. It just shows how well he is doing now. I think he's thirteen and oh, and I think he's ready for ready for another step up in his next fight. I think that's what needs to happen now with uh, with Sheesman. He needs to keep pushing on, and um, I think beating the likes of Carson Jones is. It's only going to do him favours later in his career. That kind of um, a really, really tough fight on a big card um, is, is going to stand him in good stead. And you'd like to see him now progress and Eddie Hearn kind of move him on to the next stage. But I think beating Carson Jones has really, um, has really opened people's eyes to, uh, to Ted Cheeseman. I, I totally agree with what you said. Um, just because of the sole facts is that I did say on last week's episode of the podcast that Carson Jones uh, was a fighter that would give him trouble for the first half of the fight, which he, he really did seem to do. Uh, but then in the second half of the fight, he seemed to fade away, which is what I expected to be honest. Uh, but Ted Cheeseman took a lot of um, a lot of good shots from Carson Jones, and he, he he did show some slight vulnerability at times, but he did also show a lot of heart and determination to get through that onslaught from. Carson Jones and then to be able to mix it with him there was a couple of occasions where I saw him sort of goading Carson Jones in you know he he wanted it he he wanted to test his metal against this guy and he did he come through the acid test like you say and and now it's you know he's he's, he's got the vacant WBA international uh, super welterweight title which now will boost him up the rankings and Eddie Earn will now be looking to start put him in and, and move him up even quicker and if if, 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 if he feels he is ready uh, for the next step up then yeah, I'm sure he'll put him in there but yeah I really enjoyed that fight that was probably the fight of the night on that card personally for me um, but Let's also look at the undercard because there was some other good fights on that undercard as well. Uh, Joshua Buatze, a man that we discussed last week on the podcast, was one of them ones that you feel yourself is going to go quite far and, and, and he's showing it again on Saturday night. He, he put in a blistering performance uh, against his opponent, Jordan Joseph, and he moves to 4-0 and now and he's, he's, just looking, he's just looking really good so far. But... Again, we've yet to see him in against um, any big, big fighters. Any, any well, any bigger fighters, anyway. Um, but what did you make of the Boatsy performance? Yeah, I think Boatsy's going to be the one out of that have uh, come from the Olympic setup that is going to go the furthest. Just by just by looking at him, he's so composed. Um, he's he's quiet. He has he almost he kind of has um, an aura about him already, where people want to watch him. But uh, the the stoppage uh, in the second. Even even watching the clip in slow motion on Twitter after, uh, I think exciting times ahead with with Buatzi. could probably be pushed on to the next level already. 
and um, doesn't need to be rushed. But one of them that I think it is is so exciting. And I think the other night, maybe because it, there wasn't a huge main event, that that type fighters like Ted Cheeseman and Buatzi can really you can really see them for what they are, not just stuck on when the stadium's empty and it, they're two fights in. You're getting to see them close to the main event, and uh, when when people are tuned in, and I think people would have got a nice surprise when they seen Buatzi um, in the ring there the other night, and uh, a, a brilliant stoppage. Maybe he needs to be pushed on. I think he will be. I think Eddie Hearn. Um, he I would. I would be surprised if Hearn doesn't want to push him on as quick as he can. I. I, I don't think we need to take our time with Buatzi. I think. Um, I think he's the real deal. Again, I can't wait to see how his progression pans out over the next 12 months because I do think he is the type of fighter that can be pushed into bigger fights sooner um, and there's no point of putting him in against people that he is going to blow away because he isn't going to learn anything by doing that he does need to be put in uh, more evenly matched fights I think and that will that's when we really will see how good Joshua Boazzi is uh, looking down the card obviously there was a couple of other fights that were televised uh, which I, I did uh, enjoy the Reese Bellotti and Ben Jones uh, was a pretty good decent uh, fight uh, Reese Bellotti stepped up a level, I think, on Saturday night when he beat Ben Jones, and um, I think Ben Jones started to show his age a little bit at thirty-five. Do you think? Do you think that? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but um, I think it, it's a good performance by Bellotti. But I like Ben Jones, very, very tough fighter. Stopped in the sixth by Bellotti, um, who retains his cruiserweight t- or his Commonwealth title, kind of. Um, Maybe just too good for Jones at this stage of his career. We, 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 I don't think he's gotten old overnight, but I think Bellotti, he'll have tougher tests coming next. I, I, well, again, I'd like to see that because I think he could be in some really, really good dust-ups and uh, as fans, we want to see that. And he's 11, he, well, he's 12-0 and 0 now. He was 11-0 before he went to his fight and he's 12-0 and 0 now. So he's he's got the Commonwealth title. Naturally, you, you're possibly going to be looking at pushing him in for the British. So that, that that's where you really want to see him in 2018 is go for whoever. I think, after, I think if you're undefeated after 10, 11 fights, you need to be pushing on towards a British title. I think these kind of learning fights are kind of, I wouldn't say past them, but you, you want to be getting in British title kind of frame if you already have the Commonwealth title. And where Reese Bellotti is at the moment, I think um, looking at the the British title this year is definitely something they should be focusing on. Yeah. I'm moving down the card again. We've got uh, middleweight Felix Cash, uh, who I felt put on a good, impressive performance on Saturday night. What did you think about Felix Cash? Yeah, he looked good. Um, I like what I've seen of Felix Cash. Uh, one of those fighters that's kind of going under the, the, the radar at the moment but um, I think stays on the winning the winning path um, he's he's only going to shine one of those fighters that um, I think Matchroom have a lot of fighters that you can kind of when you see them on these on these shows kind of, oh he has an undefeated record let's see what he's all about but uh, good slick good slick fighter um, he's calm he's composed and looking forward to seeing what's next for um, Felix but I think Maybe one of them that is slipping under the radar a little bit. Maybe Matchroom might want to push him a little bit more, but um, no, I liked what I seen. Yeah, I did as well, and and he's the he's, he's the fighter that I want to see more of. So I'm hoping that you know within the next few coming months that he will get another fight and he will be pushed up the card a little bit because uh, he he wasn't quite early in, on the show, and I think that might have you know sort of hampered a little bit. You know, like you were saying about Boatsy being further up the card and more people are tuning in at that time because 
you know, there's for, for a lot of casual people, they want to see the main fight, which is the Ecoli Chamberlain. So they might not actually catch a lot of the undercard fights unless you, you, you know, you're quite. A which hard... is disappointing if that's the the fight they did tune in for. If you only caught the Cheeseman, like if you caught the Cheeseman performance, a good performance. But um, if you only tuned in for the Ecoli um, Chamberlain fight, you would have been let down. So um, I think you'd want these kind of shows. They need to be pushed more than just the main event. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, there was a couple of fights that I didn't get to see that weren't televised. Um, well, I managed to catch some highlights uh, via the internet, which was uh, Paul Butler's stoppage win uh, over his opponent Jefferson Vargas, who was uh, coming coming in with a losing record, which we said last week we thought it was an activity fight, and it proved to be an activity fight and he's picked up another victory and I think now as we said last week really we're looking forward to seeing Paul Butler now get moved up and moved into uh, a potential you know unification uh, world title fight in the future uh, that would be that would be quite interesting if he, if he got something you know down the line there um, but we'll, we don't want to dwell too much on, on that it was a good performance I felt from Paul Butler and um, he did well to, to get up there did you manage to catch any of that at all? Uh, it was a keep busy fight. Um, he did what he needed to do. He was never in any real danger. Well, he wasn't in any danger. But it was one of them kind of ticking over fights, which is is, is fine. Um, it gets the cobwebs off. But I think you'd be expecting a busy year now that he's with Matrim. You'd be expecting a busy year for Paul Butler. And um, maybe one of them that needs a push as well. I think Matrim have a lot of fighters that... They have a lot of fighters that I don't think get the push they deserve. I think Paul Butler is definitely one of them. Yeah, I'd agree. One of the other interesting um, fighters on the card was Charlie Edwards. Now, obviously, he picked up the, the victory over Ricky Little, but I, it was the aftermath of the fight which caused a lot of controversy on social media, uh, in particular on YouTube. Uh, he had a bit of a square off with uh, Cal Yafai, didn't he? Um, did you manage to, to catch any other words that were said between one another there at all? You couldn't really catch it, but you have to give it to Charlie Edwards. He's He's had a world title fight. He's after another. I can't see them making it. I don't think. I don't think Califai is. I think he has his eyes on um at the moment, um maybe bigger opponents or bigger names, bigger money fights. But we've seen fights like Tony Bellew and David Hay. If there's enough, if there's if the public want it and there's enough spite between the two of them, we're gonna get that fight. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 it's one of them. Social media these days is what fuels a lot of these big fights. And you think about that to twenty years ago, and, and we didn't have social media, and we didn't have this kind of needle going on between fighters over social media. So you know, social media plays a massive part in in getting a lot of these fights made. So if this continues with these between these two, it's quite possible that we might see that fight happen in the future. Um, uh, did you see the Nick Webb fight as well? Um, the stoppage. It's quite a brutal stoppage. Um, yeah, it was it was some knockout from um, Nick Webb, who's also ticking along quietly. He's twelve and zero now, and I've seen him call out uh, David Hay, or not David Hay, sorry, Dave Allen, which I think would be an interesting fight if Allen was to capture the um, the Commonwealth title. Um, Nick Webb looks good, undefeated record, and a, and a, and a really a really devastating knockout on Saturday night, which kind of maybe opened people's eyes to him. Yeah, he was a big puncher. Uh, I didn't feel like um, leading up to that particular stoppage and the knockout that he, he he seemed to be plodding along. He didn't seem to be getting out of any type of first or second gear there. Um, maybe it was the level of opponent he was facing. You know, unless him. he believes that he has the power to knock him out anyway, and it's kind of 
I don't need to overexert myself here if I know that if I catch him, he's going down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so let's let's sort of move on from that. I mean, we've we've covered it off. Uh, we talked we talked a lot about it last week. We talked to you know uh, a bit of a synopsis of it this week. So uh, I want to move on uh, to a new feature to the Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Uh, something that myself and uh, yourself have been working on, um, which is catching up with fighters uh, outside of the podcast. And uh, Cahal, I know you managed to catch up with a, a well-known fighter this week. Do you want to tell us all about who you've caught up with? Yeah, I've just mentioned him. I caught up with Dave Allen recently. Um, I spoke with him in relation to his fight coming up with uh, Lenroy Thomas on the Kell Brook show, his uh, his back injury. Um, also caught up with him on what he thinks of drug cheats in boxing and uh, what he thinks he should should be done with them. And basically what, me, what, what boxing means to Dave Allen, because for me, he's someone who doesn't get enough credit. Really, really good head in his shoulders and... Uh, he he just wants to fight. I think the injury set him back, and then what happened in Cardiff, not getting on the not getting on the show, um, really disappointed him. But uh, you can if you if you follow Dave Allen, you're gonna get a if you follow him on Twitter, you're gonna see just a genuine guy who's um who happens to be a boxer, really nice fella, and someone that um someone that you really hope goes far and can get the fights that he wants. Well, let's have a listen to the the interview that you did with him, uh, and then we'll discuss that once uh, the listeners have had a chance to listen to that. So we'll put that on for you guys now. We were listening, and, and you know we hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll come back to you in a couple of moments. And not too bad. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, Dave, just run through a few questions. I won't keep you too long. Alright, sound. Uh, just want want to get your take on your rematch with uh, with uh, Lenroy Thomas and how you're feeling, how the back injury is. Yeah, the back's um, the back's all right now. You know. Um back training, uh, certain things I can't do, you know, um, with it, but, you know, we're given a date March 3rd, and um, we be on the big Kelbrook show in Sheffield, you know, we just thought, there's no point waiting about any longer, Lenway Thomas, um, it won't be about forever, you know, the opportunity to fight him in for the belt won't be around forever, so we took it, uh, we're getting, we're, we're on fit, you know, we're uh, in good shape, and we're very confident of beating him, you know, it was a close fight last time, and I wasn't anywhere near him, you know, through through fault of my own, but you know, I'm a, I'm a completely different fighter this time, and uh, very confident, very confident to be in very very. And do you, do you think you'll be a hundred percent come match? Yeah, I'll be hundred percent. I'll be fit. I'll be light. Uh, I'll be ready. Uh, this will definitely be the best me that anyone's seen. You know, um, the, the back injury wasn't ideal. I had a lot of time out, but I kept my weight down, kept myself as fit as possible. So, um, you know, I wasn't starting camping anywhere fresher than I have been before. You know, so. I'm good to go. And is Lenroy Thomas someone you've been, it's been nearly a year now that you've been involved with Lenroy. How do you actually feel about him? You know, on a personal level, I don't have anything against him. Um, beating me that night in Sheffield, so I've got to respect him for he beat me, turned up 12 rounds. It wasn't the greatest fight in the world, but it wasn't an easy fight for the both of us in the ring. You know, it was a physical affair and it was hard work and he, and he won, so I respect him for that. The Cardiff debacle left a sour taste in my mouth, but you know, on a personal level, I, I couldn't say any dislike towards the fellow. I don't think he's a bad person. Um, just strictly business, you know. I just, I just need to get a win and, and put the whole, like you say, year-long episode behind me now and just get this win and move, and move on like I should have done, you know, ten months ago with a win. And what do you think a win over Lenroy Thomas will push on to? You think it will push it on to like British title? Um, yeah, you know, the bigger I, fights. I think Lenroy Thomas is. If it, if it was an English bloke, British fellow, he'd, he'd be uh, he'd be British champion, I believe. I think he's better than Sam Sexton. So, 
being annoyed, I must have put me in line. I should be first in line for a crack at the British title, so that's definitely what I'm hoping for. And was the was there a chance that you could have got the the British title fight before this uh, this rematch came up? Yeah, it was after Sexton. You know, that was the first thing I believe Eddie tried to make was a fight with Sexton, but they wasn't interested. And there was really good money involved as well, so I'm not really sure what their team's doing. Like Eddie said, but you know, the, uh, the Thomas fight was one that was definitely one that I was interested in. And Lenoir had a, a mandatory at one point, but his mandatory got beat, so that was the only reason why this uh, came up as not a possible. Do you feel like this is the last chance for you? Not my last. I'm 25 years old and I've had 10 amateur fights, you know. Um, Do you think it's your last chance at maybe maybe fighting on Sky, that kind of thing? Cause you've said uh, in interviews that uh, um, that you think it might be your last chance on Sky if you didn't get the win. So does that does that uh, motivate you more? No, there's, there's no motivation needed, you know. Um, since since learned a bit for the first time and sort of went away and sat down and spoke to people and... You know, I just wasn't fulfilling my potential, you know. Inexperience is no excuse for not putting 100% in uh, training. So I've gone away and I'm a different man now, you know. I train hard, I eat correctly, I'm in the correct shape. This is the first chance I'll get to show, you know. I'm not boxing nine months. Um, well, seven or eight months ago with Tom Dallas, but I've not had a proper fight, you know, since, since in nine or ten months. It's my first chance to show what I can do. So, is it my last chance on Sky? Probably, yeah, yeah, I'll win. If I win any way, shape or form, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be on Sky. But I want to I impress you. I want to show what I can, I want to finally show what I'm all about. And I think that Leonard Thomas is a perfect, the perfect fight for me to do. I'll get, 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 uh, get that fight off my back and, 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 and move on, you know. And how will your preparation have to be different for you to, uh, to get the win on March 3rd? You've got to be fit and light, you know. Um... victory on um on March third. Uh, when would you like to be out again? Do you want to be as active as you can this year? As you said, you've just been off nine months or been out nine months. Yeah, I want to be as much as possible. I box every week if I could. But obviously, you know that's not um, that's not doable. But as much as possible, really. You know, I want to become the Commonwealth champion, pick up the British title, and you know, I'd love to be the Commonwealth champion, the British champion, and, and win it outright in 2018. You know, easier said than done with the fighters that are about. But that's definitely. Uh, and um, we saw Eddie Hearn um, almost call you out, kind of at the uh, the Kelbrook um, press conference. How did that make you feel, kind of putting you on blast, uh, or did it kind of motivate you? As you said, you don't need any further motivation, but just Eddie saying that it was almost your last chance. Yeah, it was all right. You know, Eddie, anything Eddie says in public, he's always um, he always says it to me first. You know, he always says it's always I don't disagree with it. You know, it's fair, so I can't really. Um, 
know, and if we didn't, I thought we'd get the opportunities that I do, you know, get them to shine to me, but well, here we are, you know, and if I, if I get a win March 3rd, it, it sets me up for a, for a, a really exciting 2018, you know, because things are really exciting, and I'm not, and I'm not really part of performance in yet, so when I start showing what I can do, you know, things are going to really go to the next level. Some of the big heavyweight fights now are coming in. We've seen um, Joshua Parker be announced, Weiss Brown, and um, Hey, Hey Bellew. Uh, which which heavyweight fight would you be the most excited for? I think I'm most excited for. I think all three of them are excited in their own way. I think Joshua Parker. I think Joshua will get him out of there in a couple of rounds. Um, I think he'd be too. He's too strong and too big and strong and sharp for Parker. Bellew, Hey, I'm the both got to hopefully get in the ring you know a lot of fights will happen if it does happen that's, that's exciting if he comes back to his best it's, it's very interesting but I think White and Brown's what I'm really looking forward to I think that's the one that's you know nearest to a 50-50 you know doing White I box myself he's very fit he's very tough he can, he can box and rule for 12 rounds and, and Lucas Brown's a puncher you know it's a, it's a very interesting fight and that's probably the one that intrigues me the most so I'd probably go for that one uh, there's another heavyweight fight over in America. Um, I think it's it's around the same time your fight is Luis Ortiz and uh, Deontay Wilder. How do you see that fight going between uh, between Ortiz? Would this be Wilder's biggest test so far? I think it's definitely the biggest test. You know, uh, Ortiz is very clever. Um, he's very cute. He, he hits you with shots you haven't seen coming. And I think I don't think Wilder takes a great shot. And I don't think if Ortiz catches him, he will knock him out. But this may be a come too late in the day for Ortiz when I, I look at it and just think, is Ortiz it come a little bit too late? Is he a little bit too old now? He boxed me 13 months ago and, you know, it was, it was good that night. You know, I've never been in the ring with someone like that. I've never, never been in with someone with that kind of quality, but he's definitely, he's definitely slowing down um, and Wilder punches very hard and can he stand up to Wilder's power because at some point he will get hit by Wilder and then, you know, if, if he can handle the power and if he's, and if he's cute enough to to um to offset Wilder and and and, uh, and not get caught by anything silly, he's definitely he's definitely got the power um to put him away. But you know it's a very it's another, it's another very interesting fight. Maybe the division right now is absolutely booming. I think uh, we've seen that Ortiz has failed a few drugs tests. Do you think he should be allowed for it again? No, I don't think so. No, um, for me, you know, it should be one test, one drug test, drug test, and you know, never mind two or three. You know, but. You know, that's boxing right now, they're all getting away with it. Povetkin's coming over here, looks like he's fighting price, he's failed a few. So, you know, it's going to take someone to die in the hand of a drug sheet before, they get, before they're gone, so... Do so you believe they should be uh, banned, banned, one one one, uh, one failed test means banned for life? Yeah, one strike and you're out. You do, know, um, do you think when it comes to boxing, maybe a heavier penalty, maybe um, legal action will be taken against fighters if they have have been proven to take um, uh, PEDs or something like that because uh, it is such a dangerous sport yeah that's something I've always said you know it's it's, it's assault it's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know I don't know I'm not, I'm not a lawyer I don't know the technical terms but if you're cheating and, and using and using for enhancing drugs to enhance your ability to, to punch another man's face and causing and causing physical harm then um, that, that, that's going to be a criminal offence you know so I don't know. At the minute, at the minute, as a boxing fan, looking in, it worries me because there's, there's no action being taken. Like I say, Luis Ortiz has been given a world title shot. Covington's went over here, looking like he's one win away from boxing Joshua. So I don't know. You know, 
sit here and just think, well, it's not good, but what, what can we do? Because the powers that be don't seem to do anything about it. Uh, you've been in with some heavy punchers yourself. Who, who do you think is probably the hardest hitter you've been in with? Yeah, in the fighting sense, Luis Ortiz was um, was the heaviest puncher. He was a sharp puncher. He was, he was hitting me with shots like that I couldn't see coming, you know, and um, there was all sharp, accurate punches. Bill and White, Lenroy Thomas, um, both heavy-handed enough, you know. Not all punching, that was heavy-handed enough. Luis Ortiz was a little bit more, was a little bit more clever than that. Now the Dylan White are, but it's not the Dylan White we see today, you know, it was, a, it was not as good as it is the Dylan White that we see now, but Ortiz was just so precise, you know, picking his punches and and, and it was all landing pretty clean and sharp, so I, I'd have to say that it's Ortiz. Will we be seeing any more of the uh, White Rhino podcast? Yeah, that'll be right, probably after the fight now, you know, um, away in camp, Monday to Friday, sitting in the bed state and... Um, and that's it, you know, living the life. And I like you say, is it my last opportunity? Probably my last opportunity for a long time on the on the stage that I'm on right now, and it's one that I definitely need to take. So, you know, most I say 99 percent of outside interest are out the window till till after the fight. The following you have, would you like? You have a huge following, with, like that would be linked maybe with like world title fighters and stuff like that. Why do you think you are so popular with boxing fans? What do you think makes you kind of stand out more than other fighters? Um, I'm, just the, I'm just the average 25 year old man and I'm not afraid to uh, I'm not afraid to share that with everyone else you know I am I am me and I think I think I resonate with a lot of other people that are, that are on social media and that, that being very similar to them I think they look at me as just I am them just with the ability to, to possibly become you know um, to become a, a, a very good Successful heavyweight boxer, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm very much the average guy that's that's been that's been lucky enough to uh, to be in a position where I can be very successful uh, in boxing. And how would you? It's only January, but how would you like to end 2018? What would be the perfect scenario for yourself? This year, I want to pick up the Commonwealth and the British title. That's it for me. You know, um, well, I said that um, that's my goal. The British title is my goal, and the Commonwealth and the British. Anything beyond that is a bonus. So this year, you know, win the Commonwealth and the British, and be on my way to to winning the Lonzo belt outright. That that would be an ideal world. And outside the heavyweight division, there's a lot of there's a lot of big fights. We've recently seen Amir Khan sign with uh, Matchroom again. Do you think a fight with him and Cal Brook can happen? And do you think maybe it's too late for that fight to happen? Or do you think with a couple of wins, it's it's, it's still as big? It's still a fight that will interest people. It's still a fight that people will watch, but. Definitely a little bit of shine to profit now, you know, with the Canelo knockout and with the Rock and the defeat. But, you know, it'll still sell, it'll still be a big fight. It's still a fight that I'll be interested in watching, you know, plenty of needle. They're still both, they're still both good fighters, you know. We've not seen Khan for a while, but, you know, the, the, the two the two are the, the, the best and well-known British fighters. So it'll definitely sell and, and, uh, and I, I think it'll still be a good fight, even if, even if, they're, still, even if they're both are a little bit faded. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pro- uh, prospects coming through um, on both sides. BT, Sky, we've seen the likes of Josh Kelly, Daniel Dubois. Who 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 maybe that excites you the most coming through at the moment? I think in terms of um, in terms of going the furthest and star and star quality, I think Joshua Boatz will go the furthest out of them all out of the current crop of prospects. I would say Josh Taylor, but I think he's far beyond that level now. You know, he's fighting. He's got a stoppage over Miguel Vasquez, so he's. 
kind of left the prospect bracket now, so I think Barassi is probably the number one. Uh, Claudine looks very good if we're talking on the matchroom side of things, Claudina. Barassi, you know, the winner of Chamberlain or Coley um, is a cruiserweight, but that definitely needs looking at. They're both very young, still in experience, so the winner of that is, is very good. Then you look at Frank Warren, he's got Anthony Yard, uh, Dubois, um, who aren't anywhere near as experienced as, as, the, as the other as the names that I mentioned previously, but you know they they've got that star quality, you know they've got that power, so they're very exciting. Whether they will go as far as the names I've mentioned with the Olympic background, I'm not sure, but you know they're def- definitely very exciting fighters. And if you did uh, get the the Commonwealth title in March, would uh, would a would a fight maybe with Daniel Dubois be something that interests you as your first defence? Okay, Dave, I'll only ask you one more question and I'll let you go. Um, I just want to know what boxing means to you. Boxing for me is my life, really. I don't really, uh, I don't really have much else in my life. I don't really do anything else. I don't really have any other interest. Uh, I wish I would have showed it the respect that it deserved years ago instead of it only just, you know, into the last six months. But better late than never, you know, boxing, boxing is, uh, is everything, really. And, um, you know, I'm putting the work in now to that's brilliant Dave I appreciate I appreciate you taking the call so there you go Dave Allen giving us his thoughts uh, on on the upcoming rematch with Lenroy Thomas uh, good interview that call I mean it was good to get you know a good synopsis from from Dave uh, about the injury uh, about the disappointments that he's faced and and you know, he's, he's he's telling us how he's neglected boxing. You know, and and, and now how he's he's getting himself dedicated to it. And you've asked some some good questions in terms of he's been, he's been told on a couple of occasions that this this possibly could be his sort of last chance on a big show. So it was good to get that type of response from it. And um, I, I'm pretty sure you must have enjoyed uh, listening to what he had to say there. Yeah, Dave is as I said, he's he's a really nice guy. Uh, probably a little bit misunderstood. The people that I don't, I don't know if people think. That maybe doesn't take boxing seriously, but he he one hundred percent does. He knows the game in and out. He things haven't gone his way at times. He's had um, a couple of issues outside outside the ring, but I think he's over them. He's he's only twenty five. If David Allen can win the Commonwealth title, can put put himself on a little winning streak, he could have the British title by the end of the year. And I don't think Dave even would have thought he would have done that. At the start of his career, it's obviously what he wanted, but the way things have panned out, I don't think people would have thought that would happen. And I have to admit, I'm, he's probably the fighter I'd be rooting for most because he is such a nice guy, only a young guy, but um, he just he, he he's just he loves boxing. And I think if people see the real Dave Allen, um, they're just only going to find a nice guy. There's no BS with him. He's he's just a genuine fella. He is, and you, to be honest with you, before before anything um, that was started up by myself with the whole platforms and the podcast, I've always followed Dave Allen's journey because I've always found him an entertaining uh, character within boxing, and boxing doesn't have 
a, a great deal of, of entertaining characters like him and he's a genuine mm-hmm. guy like you say and it comes across um, so it was great to hear that and I hope obviously everybody listening you know has enjoyed enjoyed that um, so let's move on from, from Dave Allen's interview and let's talk about uh, the fight that really got me uh, excited over the weekend which was the second semi-final in the World Boxing Super Series um, between Gasayev and Dortikos what a fight that was what, what can I start by saying that was a really, really, really good fight, and it delivered yet again. Um, it was, it was toe to toe all the way through, right until the end, and then obviously you know Dartikov got caught with a big shot, uh, and then he never recovered from that. And you know everything that happened after the fight, which we'll talk, go into uh, in a little bit more detail, was also really, really good as well. Um, but what, watching back on that fight at the time, how, how did you find it? Yeah, I think this the boxing super series is delivering. What could be in the last two weeks, probably two fights of the year. Uh, Gassiev, he's 26, I'm 26, and you look what he is doing, it's kind of like, oh Jesus. He, for me, he's the future of the cruiserweight division. No matter what happens with Usyk, just watching him the other night, he ground down Dortkus. He, um, he just, he's that kind of pressure fighter. He's going to keep coming forward. I think Dortkus just couldn't put up with it in the end, maybe a little bit of tiredness, but he just looked. From, I said Usyk would win it. I think if that Gassiev shows up and the Usyk that fought Bradis shows up, I think I think for me it would be an upset. I think a lot of people now are saying that it's going to be Usyk, but um, I, I, there would be no surprise if Gassiev won that fight. I think Dortkus absolutely no disgrace losing. Um, obviously broken up after the fight, but so nice to see what did happen after the fight. Um, I think this this boxing super series has really, really delivered and it's really shone a light on the cruiserweight division and on fighters like Breedis, Usyk, uh, Dortikus and Gassiev. And I think this, the cruiserweight division was, was one of those dormant divisions, but now we're getting to see fighters like Gassiev. They don't even need a mic stuck under them. They're fighting those to talking. Uh, same with Usyk. They, they just love a fight and that's what we got the other night if you're a boxing fan and you had to choose between Sky Sports and ITV there was only one place if you truly loved boxing the other night yeah you know what again it did, like I said earlier it just delivered on so many levels and you compare that to the main event uh, of British Beef and it is yeah. no, there's no comparison there's no comparison whatsoever with that because again it was another fantastic fight and it, del- it just delivered uh, on so many different levels uh, for entertainment value and you know these two guys you don't, you don't need hyper build up with, 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 with that competition you're just getting the best fight the best the British Beef card needed to sell itself a lot of people wouldn't have known who Gassiev or Dortkus was which for some people can be good because they get to sit down and just watch a really really good fight and that's what we got You don't sometimes you don't need build up I think the final doesn't need build up you could sit down and enjoy that and I think Gassiev put himself on the map and what's even more exciting it's for all the belts in the final and that's it and, and, and you wouldn't normally see something like that uh, in this day and age with all the belts being on the line you know you look back to the the boxing history and you look at you know there wasn't as many title belts at one time and the best had to fight the best and now we're getting this World Boxing Super Series which has given us a resurgence of this now and the fact that they're all fighting for the belts in the final is is amazing there's going to be truly one unified cruiserweight champion at the end of this fight and the thing is it's not even going to be left to the judges in terms of the draw because they've got a fourth judge you know so and then even if the fourth judge um, scores it a draw there's there's a count 
comeback system as well, which they're doing everything possible to make sure there is a winner at the end of this fight. Come hell or high water, we're going to see a new unified cruiserweight champion and we're going to see a fantastic end to the cruiserweight uh, division and, and the World Boxing Super Series. And you said it yourself there, Carl. You know, you said uh, it was a dormant division before and, and now it's become a division which people are genuinely excited about and they wouldn't have necessarily seen guys like uh, Gassiev and Dortikos you know, before, and they won't have heard of them before. Now they will have heard of them, and now they'll be following their their careers because of the performances mm-hmm. they've all put on. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I said last week that Usyk would be the winner, but I'm not so sure now. I'm actually thinking after that performance from Gassiev, I think there's a, there could be an upset here. There really could be an upset. Yeah, I I would be surprised. It. I think the only way Usyk, we were saying last week. Will he go to the heavyweight division? I think if he lost to Gassiev, he might go. Yeah, I'll go to the I'll go to the heavyweight division. But I think Usyk will go in the favorite. But for me, after the other night, I'd I'd love to see Gassiev get it. He's um he, that fight the other night just had everything, and you get to see a nice side to fighters sometimes after the fight that you don't get to see all the time. Yeah. Real genuine side. There was no, as I said, there was no BS from the competition to the fighters to all of it. It's just. It's what boxing should be. I think this competition has, I personally speaking, I think this is the way boxing should be. These little tournaments, I think, are just perfect. You get all the belts. This a huge, big unification fight in the summer with, between two huge, huge names in in terms of boxing, and that's one of the fights that you'd be most excited for now this year. That's the one that on my radar, I'm going. Yeah, that that's that's such an exciting fight to see. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for it. It's going to be good. And, you know, if that's anything to go by, what we're going to see in the super middleweight division is good. And we'll talk about that on, on next week's episode, obviously, with the impending Groves and Eubank fight. Uh, but no, again, he just delivered on so many levels. And the sportsmanship you said afterwards was fantastic. Uh, the press conference, you know, obviously, Dortico's got a bit upset. Gassiev went over, gave him a bit of a sort of pat on the back hug type thing. And then uh, I don't know if you managed to see it on social media where uh, Gassiev actually went into the, the locker room afterwards uh, and give. Yeah. Back the belt to Dorticos. That what what a gesture that was. Yeah, it's it's such a genuine touch, and it's something that I think after a fight like that, the fighters will have. They know what the other's been through. They'll have a new respect for each other. They, I think there was respect there, and um, both undefeated fighters. Dorticos, his first defeat will come again. I'd love to just be in the kind of the way I am. I'd love to see him fight Breedus in almost like a third place and something <laughs> yeah. has to ride on that maybe a shot at the winner but that kind of tournament style I think is absolutely perfect for boxing uh, you get to see the best fighting the best which is as I'll always say what boxing really needs the other night the main, ev- main event on Sky that's not the best fighting the best it was a grudge match that just completely fell flat uh, but you had it clicked over to ITV you would have seen what boxing. I I believe that's that's the future boxing. The best fight, the best for for the titles, and that's a unification fight. But I think the titles kind of almost come secondary because you just get such a good fight. You get so involved in that fight that you kind of go, oh yeah, this is a huge unification fight too. <laughs> yeah, and then that that's it. And it's, it's it's crazy to think that, like we said earlier, all the belts are on the line in the final, and it means that we're going to have that unified cruiserweight champion. And then it means that the other cruiserweights in waiting are going to have no choice but to either fight each other to get to that position to fight the champion or fight the champion. And there's there's no skirting around the issue whatsoever. There's no, well, I'll I'll, I'll make my way for the WBO or less a lesser title. Uh, I'll go down that route. You know, there's no escaping the fact that there's one champion in the division. 
and you have to face that champion or you have to face the next best contender to be able to be up there and that's what he's bringing back uh, some good good competitive fights and I'm really excited for what the rest of the super middleweight tournament brings and potentially whether the Sauerlands do something with different divisions I know we've touched on that briefly as well um, so yeah really enjoyed the fight fantastic really looking forward to the final uh, so moving on uh, to the next part of the show uh, we have got another interview uh, to, to listen to uh, it's with local undefeated light heavyweight Jake Haig uh, he's currently 7-0 and he trains under Ricky Hatton uh, over at Hatton's health and fitness gym in Hyde uh, for people that have not already followed Jake you know give give the guy a follow he's at Jake Haig on Twitter uh, and on Instagram and he's also on Facebook as well uh, but yeah let's have a listen to it I know you've not really come across him yet Cahol, um but this you know would be a good opportunity to, to sort of hear Jake because uh, he's a local yeah. you know local fighter on, on the scene in the northwest here um, um, so, well, let's have a listen to the interview. Um, let's see what everybody thinks, and, and we'll have a chat about it uh, in a couple of moments. So, we've got Jake Haig on the line. Jake, how's it going, mate? Yeah, I'm good, cheers, mate. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to catch up with you. Uh, I know, obviously, you've uh, had a busy time training recently. Um, I just wanted to really catch up with you just to talk about your upcoming fight, which is the 16th of February. You've managed to get yourself on Kieran Farrell's first show of the year. Um, how's how's preparation been going since the Christmas period? Yeah, it's, it's going well. Um, I feel like it's my best camp so far. I had, um, I was still training over Christmas, New Year, Um but obviously, like, you know, like the food food and drink wasn't great. But, you know, as soon as um, January hit, I was I was on it 100% and I'm feeling really good. You know, this is, this is I'll say this is definitely the best I've felt leading up to a fight. So I'm really looking forward to impressing this year. And last year, was you was quite active last year, weren't you, as well? It was um, quite, a, I think it was, was it five five fights last year, was it, you had? Um, yeah, 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 it was uh, two in uh, 2016 and five, five 2017, yeah. Yeah, so you've had quite an active year in 2017. Obviously, you've been in with uh, people like Daryl Sharp, um, you know, well-known people around the circuit, and, you know, we're heading to, to your next fight. Have we got an opponent for the fight on the 16th yet? Yeah, I've been, been told I'm fighting a lad who's 1-0, um, so uh, I can't really find much footage, so I'm not really too sure what to expect from the guys. To be honest, but um, like I say, I've just trained trained really hard for the fight, so I'm I'm, I'm sort of prepared for whatever. I've had a lot of different sparring partners, a lot of different styles, so you know I'm just going to get in there and um, just do what I do best. Yeah, and obviously now we're in 2018. This is your first fight of this year. Do you plan to stay as active as you was in 2017? I'm hoping so. Obviously, I'm hoping to have a few bigger fights. Um, and obviously, with the bigger fights and more rounds, you know, you need longer camps and longer rest periods. So, um, I mean, you know, I'd still be happy to fight five times in the year. I, I can see, I can see that you can see that doable. Um, you know, we're already looking after this show, getting on a few other, a few other shows already. So, um, I mean, I think that normally after a fight, I have a week off, um, and sometimes, you know, I go a bit crazy and, and that, but this year, I'm going to keep my head down and use that week off, you know, to fully relax and recover, um, you know, stay eating well, stay on the diet and, um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, start every camp with, um, you know, a, a good level of fitness and, and, and sort of like I don't really want to stray too far from my fight weight either I used to I think after Christmas I put about I was about a stone and a half above my fight weight um, and then now I'm hanging about you know probably a couple of pounds above my fight weight so it's, it's just going well I'm more, definitely more focused 
And you, uh, your record at the moment is currently seven and zero. So effectively, if you was looking to end twenty eighteen, uh, maybe with you know your eleven twelve fights in, is it is it a possibility that this year could be the year where you look to go for a professional title? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to go for a central area as soon as I can. Um, the team around me at the minute want me to have um, another one or two six rounders, um, and then get an eight rounder in before the central area. I, I was I was looking the other day actually. I think the central area's been vacated at my my weight just recently. Um, so so I'd love to fight for that this year, and then you know possibly get in line for the English at some point. You know even this year, um, obviously we're taking it step by step and fight by fight. So but I'd love I'd love to have a, a belt or two by the end of the year. So it's quite a possibility, you know, that you that you, that you could be put in for like a central area, like you say, if the the central area in the division's been vacated, is quite a strong possibility that you could be going in for that within the next couple of fights. Um, obviously, you, you're training over for people that don't know, uh, and then that not not following your journey just yet. Uh, you, you train out of Ricky Hatton's gym. Obviously, you're training alongside uh, the likes of uh, Mark Efron. Um, Zanit Zakayev when he when obviously when he's over here and he's training. So you're training with some quite high caliber uh, other fighters at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean we've got uh, Chris Blaine in the gym. He's good sparring for me. Obviously heavyweight Nathan Gorman who's doing really well at the minute. Um, and and Luke Evans are just doing with us. So I mean the gym's thriving really at the minute. Um, I think everyone in there is sort of you know looking for titles this year. I know that um, I know that Mark's in line for the British at middleweight. Um, you know, so we're all sort of on, you know, on the same path and looking to, you know, make a big impression this year. So everyone's got similar intentions and we're all focused. So it's good. And have you seen the, uh, the, the, the press conference today about the ultimate boxer tournament that's just been uh, announced? Yeah, I've just watched that actually. I've seen, you know, Ricky and Crawler and uh, Malinaji there, aren't they? Um, that's an, an ex-teammate of mine, Sam, Sam Evans, is, is entering it. So going to you know wish him the best of luck in the tournament um i'm looking forward to it actually I, i'm interested in things like that they look, they look you know they really interest me i think it's good i think it's good for the sport yeah absolutely agree with you it is good for the sport and it brings uh the the right type of attention to the sport as well if if an opportunity like that ever came around for you would it be something in your mind that you you would like to do obviously i know you've got a team around you that would also help you make that decision but for, from you if, if someone says to you right jake you've got an opportunity to win say 20 grand uh, and potentially really sort of rocket yourself up the uh, british rankings w- would that be an opportunity that you would take yeah definitely i mean it's it's a massive opportunity like you say you know to earn a bit of cash um, and get your name out there um and it was something i really i'd really consider and think about um you know, for for them reasons, and if you know, it depends if I was in line for a title anyway. You know, if by the time it came, if I was in line for English or British or something, you know, it might because of the rounds. I mean, the three threes, you're going back that you're going back down to training for a three minute round, yeah, uh, a three rounds. So it's not, it's you know, it's a different sort of ball game to you know training for a ten or a twelve rounder. Um, so it's something that I talk about with my team, and like I say, you know, if the opportunity did come around, it'd be what stage of my career that I'm at. Um, you know, and how how sort of good things are going at that time, but um, yeah, you know, it's massive, really, and I th- and I think that something like that, um, would just pu- would just push your name up, you know, like massively. I think it's um, I don't know, you know, you sort of like getting the advertisement and the promotion that might take years, that might take years to build up, and you know, you're sort of getting it in one night. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like that's why I was saying before, I think it's really good for the sport that, you know, uh, they, they, they're doing something of a similar nature to what Eddie Earn and Matchroom do with their prize fighter tournaments. So it's um, of a similar of a similar setup, really. But uh, obviously, it's different people running it. And there's a lot of people that are ambassadors for it. Obviously, Ricky's one of them, Anthony Crawler, Polly Malinaja, you know, to name but three of them. And, and, and obviously, it's Carl Greaves. That's uh, the main honcho that set that one up. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes down. Um, just want to get you... Um, Predictions really for a few of the upcoming uh, big fights before we uh, before we call it a night. And um, there's quite a few big ones coming up. There's uh, one on the 17th in Manchester, which I'm sure you're, you're probably looking forward to, which is Groves and Newban Junior. How do you see that one going down? Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've heard a lot about this and a lot of different opinions. Personally, I think Groves is um, is a level above Eubank Junior. Um, Eubank's on a on you know on a really decent win streak at the minute i think he's got a lot of confidence um and he's training really hard you know i, I do follow his career um but personally i, I think that box grows his boxing ability I, I feel like he'll just be able to outbox him and um get a few big shots off and and possibly stop him um but it just depends you know if you let eubank inside and you fight his fight i mean the, you know the guy can work for 12 rounds which, which is which is going to be difficult to beat. So if, I think it'll be a great fight no matter what, but I'm going for Groves. Yeah, well, I've got my prediction on it. It's actually a Eubank prediction, funnily enough, but yeah, yeah. everybody's got their own different opinions. I, I, I think everyone is quite quite torn. I think that's what makes it a great fight. But, um, it's, it's, it's quite a 50-50 um, fight. I think the the, 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 the the Super Series has been really good in general, to be honest with you. Look at the fights that has happened at the weekends uh, gone by, and, and then they've been like contenders for fight of the year, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this one brings uh, on the 17th of February, the night after your fight. Uh, but getting back to yourself, uh, for people obviously that don't already follow your journey, that listen to the podcast, um, can can you tell us where they would find you across social media? Yeah, I mean, I mainly post on my Instagram. Um, all my social media is just at Jake Haig. So Jake and then Hague is H-A-I-G-H. Brilliant. Uh, Jake? Um, like I say, you know, follow me on Twitter. Sorry. Sorry, Jake. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say thank you very much for obviously taking the call. I know you've uh, been really busy and and you you've literally just got in from training. Uh, but obviously, for people that want to find Jake, it's uh, at Jake Hay. You can find you like you said on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, you are on Facebook as well. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch for sponsorship, Jake, is it the same same contact method as well? Yeah, yeah, same. Just yeah, just send me a message and um, and I get back to you as soon as I can. Brilliant. Well, uh, Jake's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for speaking to us, um, and obviously we'll uh, we'll we'll see you on the sixteenth. Cheers, mate. Thanks. I appreciate nice. it. So there we have it. A quick interview there that I caught up with Jake Haig earlier on this week. Um, looking forward to seeing Jake's progress. He's uh, he's training over, like I said, at Hatton's Health and Fitness Gym, and he's you know got a really good stable over there with like Mark Efron, uh, Nathan Gorman, uh, Luke Evans, who was one of the uh, touted prospects for 2017, but unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know if he was aware of it, but he was caught up in. A, he got attacked uh, and uh, by a knife, and he was sort of left scars all you know across his face. But he's he's making a return to the ring uh, soon, and he's definitely one I would advise yourself, Carl, to, to look out for. Um, but J- Jake's not someone you've come across yet. So he's not someone I was. I would have had. A, I would have prior knowledge of before, but um, from the interview, you kind of you, you get a good listen to what to what he's all about. Uh, good undefeated fighter. Um, part of Hatton's gym so it, it he, he's in good hands 
uh, undefeated. And um, yeah, someone definitely be keeping an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, that was great. Uh, we'll we'll move on and uh, look at some of the announcements that have been made and some of the social media gossip that's been going on. Uh, the first thing I want to bring up is the announcement of the Ultimate Boxer Tournament. Carl uh, Greaves, along with Ricky Hatton, Paulie Malinagi, Anthony Crawler, uh, all coming together uh, to promote the Ultimate Boxer Tournament, which is a prize fighter tournament basically but you know it's their version of it uh, so it's eight undefeated welterweights uh, from across Britain and, and and again it's just it's boxing I love boxing I love the fact that they've done something like this and we're going to get to see uh, another little mini prize fighter tournament essentially uh, what what do you make of these tournaments called you know do you, do you like them I think if, if you want to get people into boxing I think things like um, prize fighter or ultimate boxer is is perfect you you get nice little quick fights loads of action and it you, you get a winner at the end of the night there's a prize at the end of the night it's not a 12 round fight there's no title on the line that kind of thing these these fight these little competitions i think will be the future of boxing as i said the super series is obviously a bigger version uh, over a longer period but i loved prize fighter when i was there i thought it was absolutely brilliant it made stars of people like martin rogan and 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 other fighters, but it kind of it mixed between the experience and and youth, which I thought was perfect as well because you can learn a lot in in the in in three rounds. So I think this undefeated fighters one night in a tournament style is absolutely perfect, and it's great to see big names backing it like Crawler, Hatton, Malinagi, and it, it I think these are these. With the platform being online now, there's so much more boxing. I think these kind of competitions gives maybe unknown fighters more of a chance to get on to get on a platform, make a name for themselves, and it says make life changing money, and that's what you want to see. You want to see fighters getting paid for the work they put in. They have a chance of getting contracts. Um, I think these competitions really are perfect, especially if they're based around just a, just one weight division, um, for one night. You you could do a few of these a year in all different in all different divisions, and it just gives fighters, young fighters, who maybe could be seven and zero, but or eight and zero, or nine and zero, and maybe don't have the backing yet. I think these competitions are perfect, and I think the Ultimate Boxer is just like the Super Series in terms of tournament style, and I think that's what people want to see. You get a winner at the end. You you know when you go to the Ultimate Boxer um, in April, you're going to see a winner that night. A, a true winner the best fighter of the night is going to win and I think I think that's exciting and competent, competitions like this are exciting it's great to see play, people like Ricky Hatton really come back into boxing I know he has the gym and he's a trainer but um, to be involved in something like this is to have his name behind it and Malinagi and Crawler is, is exciting yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, it's really exciting. It's, it's, it's again, it's something that I've really enjoyed personally with the prize fighter series, and we get to see people like Martin Rogan, Sam Eggington. Uh, he, he was a, obviously a well-known fighter in one of the prize fighter tournaments as well. He's gone on to do you know really good things. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Ultimate Boxer and 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 to, to make you jealous. Obviously, it's over here in Manchester. So <laughs> as soon as as soon as I found out it was here in Manchester, I was like, I'm absolutely going to be pushing to get a press pass uh, to get on that show. Um, and and fortunately enough, I do have a, a couple of contacts uh, within the boxing community that uh, have already sort of stated that they will should should be able to accommodate me, which I'm really really chuffed about. So you know, I'm really excited to get to the Ultimate Boxer. And uh, one of the fighters that are actually in the Ultimate Boxer is. Uh, Another local fighter, Andy Kremner, um, he's recently come back um, 
after a, a car accident and he had a fight at the back end last year. He picked up a victory. He's, he's actually training under Matthew Hatton at the moment. So he, he, another Hatton relation, as we all know. Uh, so Andy Kremlin's going to be back. So, you know, obviously for me personally, bias being from Manchester and all, I'll be backing Andy, you know, to pick up the victory on the night and get that life-changing 50k uh, and, and really boosting his profile because, you know, all these guys put, 110% into it and, and it's going to be a great night for boxing um, especially for, for Manchester boxing as well you know everyone's going to be coming out to support Andy I, I suppose with it being in Manchester um, but it's just it's just great it's a new it's a new plot, platform to be going on and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes uh, in, in April um, so moving on uh, to a couple of other bits of news that we've got for this week uh, Tyson Fury we talked about him last week. He's officially been stripped of the Ring Magazine belt. Uh, we knew it was coming. Uh, we was expecting, you know, I was hoping that there was going to be an announcement of a fight on the day that he was stripped. But because he hasn't announced a fight, he's been stripped of the title. It's going to have to be contested, obviously, by somebody else. I get the feeling Eddie Earn's going to be sniffing around to try and get that ring title over to Joshua in some way, shape or form. Um, but what do you make of that decision to strip him? Do you think it was the right decision? Yeah, yeah, I, I think the the ring magazine has some, the ring magazine belt has um has so much history, and I don't think it should be held up. Um, really like Tyson Fury, and I'm looking forward to him coming back. But the, the, the fight that belt should be associated with fights, and you'd like to see it maybe the Joshua the Joshua Parker fight, or maybe hanging on if if Joshua does come true until he fights Wilder. But I don't think it really affects too much. Tyson Fury, um, I think he 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 would have known um, what date it was, and he he's not he's not ready to be announcing fights. I think there, there's pressure, and I think the last thing that they really want is kind of pressure on um, when they're just trying to get back in shape, trying to get back on the right path. And I think he, he's in terms of all the belts he's won, they're all gone now. He he knows he can come back, and he can he's his goal now is to come back and win them all. And I think his goal now is to come back and prove people wrong. People who said he couldn't do it, he yeah. wants to prove them wrong. I don't think the ring magazine belt, obviously it would have stung, um, but he would have known it was coming. And having, this, having spoken with Ben Davison recently, um, it's it's about taking their time and making the right move when they're ready. And I don't think any promoter or anything like that is going to, um, is going to sway them. The ring magazine belt has the history behind that. I think should be involved in a should be involved in in fights and not be kind of held up um, within an active fighter. But you never know. By the end of the year, if Tyson Fury was all go right, um, you, who's who's to say he won't have it again? Maybe by late two thousand eighteen, early two thousand nineteen. Yeah, well, again, you said it earlier on there when you were talking about it, the fact that it's now giving him an incentive to to perform uh, when he gets back in the ring, and, and it's it's the hunger and desire will probably be there to prove people wrong again, and and that's what will make it more of an exciting time when he does eventually get back in the ring. Um, but I, I I do personally think it's the right decision. Uh, it was inactive for too long. It's a prestigious prestigious uh, uh, award, a belt, so to speak, you know, to to be given uh, is essentially to be recognised as the best fighter in that division in the you know in the world. So. It's sat there with someone who's who's been inactive for for over two years now. He's he's not the right move, and they've made the right move by obviously stripping him of it, uh, which might give him a kick up the arse to to really keep himself in shape. And the the recent pictures. And I him- think if all he had to do was just announce a fight for him to keep the belt, I don't think I think that's given fans almost false hope. If he's yeah. saying yeah, there's going to be this days against this opponent, 
you wouldn't know if that's going to go ahead and then he's just going to get stripped of it anyway so i think he put out he put out a tweet himself i don't i don't think there's any hard feelings i think he knew it was coming um you'd like to see kind of maybe an announcement coming up soon i think if you look at social media tyson's getting the weight down and he and it is exciting to see him come back and uh, don't think he got the credit he deserved when he did win all the titles now that he doesn't have them i think people are really excited to see if he can come back and get them and yeah i think you're right a kick up the arse is maybe maybe what he needed but i think with the likes of ben davison behind him i think he has billy joe saunders in his ear as well and i think tyson mentally is a very strong person as well uh, he he's he's the X factor, I think, in all of this. I think when it comes to Joshua and stuff, they're going to say, "Yeah, but you need to beat you need to beat Fury." Yeah, that, 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 I think I think if you go if if uh, Joshua goes on to beat Wilder, there's only going to be one other person. They're always going to going to say to him, "Well, you need to beat Tyson Fury," <laughs> and and that's the thing. They did it a lot with um, with Mayweather and Pacquiao, didn't they? You know, they were talking about, "Yeah, but you need to beat." Mayweather or you need to beat Pacquiao to be regarded as the best ever um, I, I mean that was a stink fest of a fight we won't go into that but the thing is it's, it's always going to be tarred with that brush and I think the, the obviously the Joshua Camp are going to want Fury badly to come back and, and make this comeback because they know for a fact it's going to be a big fight it's going to make lots of money um, and, and we're going to see a history making fight essentially in the heavyweight division so yeah I look forward to, to seeing what Tyson Fury comes back with um but moving on to another heavyweight piece of news uh, it was talked about on social media a lot about the fact that david price was going to be returning on the joshua parker undercard to face alexander pavetkin that has now officially been confirmed and wow uh, i'm shocked i'm shocked at that announcement i'm pleased for david price uh pavetkin shouldn't even be in the ring again because of you know the fact that he's a proven drugs cheat but now I think a lot of people are behind David Price to go in there and smash Povetkin and you know it should give Price again the kick up the ass he needs to hopefully go in and, and, and you know reassemble his career because his career has fell flat on his face because of the, the upset losses he's had but again it's not the first time he's been in with a drug sheet yeah I think if you talk with David Price um, a lot of people are saying if he loses again it could be the end of his career but I spoke with him recently and he said if he lost to someone and to someone of and like of note um, I think that's when he was linked with the Tyson Fury fight he said it, he doesn't he wouldn't think that that was the end he goes if he lost to maybe someone he should be beating handily he'd look at it but he he's had one fight back uh, against Kamal Zakalowski. Uh, I interviewed him before that. David, Dave, I think he has the love back for boxing. Maybe fell out of it, fell out of love a little bit. The Bevekin fight, Bevekin shouldn't be fighting. He seems to always be coming back after these things. The same with Ortiz. Price is one of them that it promised so much, and even at his age, still hasn't delivered. But you'd, if he if he hits Bevekin, Bevekin goes. But he'd have to hit him clean. But he'd have to stay if Povetkin lands on Price. Price goes too. It's a it's a big ask, but uh, I'd love I'd love to see David Price pull it off as well. One of the nicer people that you you could talk to in boxing, um, such a genuine guy. It's a, it's a huge ask, but it would if he did if he did pull it off, fights with Joshua and and then a fight with maybe Fury. They're not out of the question because it he'd need the performance of his life. To, to be Povetkin and I don't think anybody in boxing has much time for Povetkin um, doesn't sell well doesn't have much character about him doesn't bring much entertainment he, 
I'd be surprised if if he was to 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 be defeated on the night, but would love to see Price do it. I think Pavekin, he he's one of them. He 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 leaves a bad taste in your mouth just with what's gone on in his career. Doesn't deserve to be in the position he is, but that that's boxing. Ortiz gets a world title shot after being banned. Exactly. It, it, sometimes it doesn't really make much sense. I think you know what if if David Price goes in there and beats Alexander Pavekin. That, that possibly could put him in line for a title shot, as mad as that sounds, with the heavyweight he would, division. He would, be, he would fill Pavekin's spot, and I think Pavekin, if it's not Wilder next, will be for Joshua. Um, it would be Joshua Pavekin, which I think this year, no matter what, I think you're going to see Pavekin um, take a beating somewhere, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I, I've always, I always disagree with the fact that there's drug cheats out there, and, you know... <sighs> We could go into a whole podcast episode about drugs cheats, and funnily enough, there's quite a few of them that have been found in the heavyweight division, strangely enough. Uh, but anyway, moving on to other news, um, which uh, I think it's been made official now. Uh, Joe Joyce and Jemic Tajora. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, is it, if it's a done deal, um, but listening to Hey, it's not a done deal, but don't really know if it makes much sense for either. I think if Chisora was to lose to Joyce, he would probably want to walk away. And if Joyce was to lose to Chisora, it wouldn't leave him in no disgrace losing to Derek Chisora. But the trajectory they want him on, I thought they'd be focusing on maybe a British title or a Commonwealth title and kind of pushing him more. But if that's who they want to put him in with, fair play to Joe Joyce, David Hay. And Derek Chisora on his nice, we've seen that against Dillian White, can be can be a real handful. Very, very awkward. Um, a fight you'd like to see happen. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you did see it on the uh, the undercard of Hey Bellium. Well, that's what they that's what they're actually vying for. I think they're vying for that um, that fight being on on that particular undercard. From what I've been reading across social media, um, the, 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 a lot of the, the lot of the articles I've been reading recently have been talking about this fight, and what they've been mentioning really is the fact that Joe Joyce is thirty two. You know, he's, he's he's had to dive in straight to the deep end because of the fact that they can't take the time with him really because of his age, and that that's a factor in it. And if they put him in against Chisora, you know, would Chisora mop him up? I mean. Joe Joyce has only had one professional fight and I don't think he looked fantastic in that fight. I thought he looked as stiff as an iron board and I felt like he needs a little bit more time but David Chisora also disappointed in his last fight on the matchroom Monte Carlo bill where he lost his European uh, heavyweight crown. So again, it could be the right time. If the money's right and David Chisora... Look at his age now and look at what he has done in his career so far. Really, is there anything else out there for him to chase? I mean, he could chase the Dillian White fight, but I think Dillian White, you know, obviously he's got the fight with Lucas Brown. He's going to look to, if he wins that, he moves on to bigger and better things. Essentially, is he really going to want to fight David Chisora again, even though the you know the other the fight of the year? I don't think so. So I I think the money wise, business wise, it makes absolute sense to do it. But we've with Joe Joyce being as stiff as a board in that first fight, he's going to have to come round and, and, and bring some lateral movement throughout the whole of the fight, really, which is all because he's going to come gunning for him. Uh, but I would like to see it, yeah. I would I would see it, even even though Joe Joyce has got the... Yeah, I think, it's, I think it is a good heavyweight dust-up. It, it, it just doesn't really make sense. Like, if Joyce looks stiff as a board again and perhaps loses, they'd be going, well, you're 32, you'd want to be... You'd want to be getting serious about this. I think Trezora, who did look poor in his last performance, if the money was right for him, I think if he was getting a huge payday, 
I, I can see him taking it. And I think he'd be really up for it because Chisora, I think, when people are doubting him, I think he really puts he puts the effort in. I think when he was over Monte Carlo, people kind of go, yeah, Chisora should win here. But he, he, it was just so flat. And you don't know which Derek Chisora you're going to get. But Chisora, on his day, is going to give Joe Joyce a hell of a fight. And a fight I definitely want to see. It's just, I don't really see how it, how it would make sense for the loser. But a, a huge heavyweight fight and heavyweight fighting when when it's good it's good I think they wanted Chisora to fight Price maybe on the undercard but Price has his hands full with Pavek and so <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe the next step for uh, Chisora would be a, a Joe Joyce fight it's still a, it's it's a big fight yeah it is it is a big fight and uh, yeah, I mean personally I like to see him come off I mean I wouldn't really want to see Joe Joyce fighting a lot of journeymen, to be honest with you. I mean, Audley Harrison did that a lot throughout his early part of his career. And look how hyped he was. And look what was expected of him. And as soon as he went in against someone who had a decent level of experience, he he folded like a deck of cards. So, you know, with Joe Joyce really being a late, late bloomer, it's it's an opportunity for him. I mean, if he knocks Chisora off, then um, <laughs> and I don't mean in a, a sexual sense. <laughs> if, he, if he beats him, uh, he's going to get all the plaudits for it. But if he loses, like you say, where does he go? Um, anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see if it gets officially announced, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit more in detail, sort of nearer the time. Um, one of the other interesting social media posts that I, I want to talk about, which has been going around, um, whilst it's not entirely 100% boxing related, it is because Floyd Mayweather uh, posted a couple of videos uh, recently of him walking into an octagon uh, and then officially challenging Conor McGregor to a mixed martial arts fight. Um, what what an absolute joke that is. <laughs> Let me just start by saying that that is just a, a piss take. Um if that comes off, it's ridiculous. It's just—it's just about money. They don't care. They don't care about the fans. That you know, it is just about the money between them. And it gets me a little bit frustrated to be honest with you. Talking about, it. you probably can tell, but it's just—I just think to myself, it's just—it's just money. That's all it's about. You know, they know for a fact it could probably sell well in America for sure, but. I for one will not. It be sells paying. well in this country. I tell you that anyway. I won't be. Pa- I won't be paying for. Well, it would obviously in over in Ireland. It's it's going to. Everyone's going <laughs> to. Everyone's going to want to see Conor McGregor kick the living shit out of Floyd Mayweather. And to be honest with you, the way Mayweather's been across his career, his persona. I've never liked his persona. He's a fantastic, amazing boxer. Don't get me wrong, but he's an asshole at the same time. He can be an absolute asshole. And I would love to see him take uh, a kick to the head. I really, <laughs> I really would. Um, so in that. In that sense, I'm talking, I'm slagging it off, but then in that sense, I would love to see Conor, Conor McGregor knock him out. But we'll, it wouldn't surprise me if it's fixed, to be honest with you. I don't know what, obviously, Ireland, Conor McGregor, you know, big affiliation. What what would you make of that? Yeah, Conor McGregor is, is, is massive in this country. And one of the videos that Mayweather put up, he uses the word paddy, so it doesn't really... Um, he doesn't endear himself to many Irish people, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's it's one of them. You'd be thinking, how much money does Mayweather need? Unless he's absolutely blown through it, like they said, on he could he's making seven figures a month. You don't need to fight anymore, and you don't need to come back and have an MMA fight against someone who, in fairness, could beat him within ten seconds. It'd be like when CM Punk went in to MMA 
for his first fight. Yeah, Mayweather can fight, but it's not about the sweet science then. McGregor could drag him down and choke him out. And that's the thing. I think they draw it out as well. And they make you believe. I remember when the, the boxing fight, the um, the their first fight. Yeah. I'm saying their first fight, like there's going to be a second. <laughs> but he had you believe. And I think he has that thing where you kind of go, yeah, but what if he does hit him? But you don't have that with this fight. Mayweather literally doesn't have a chance. And I had I remember even thinking after when um, when the fight was stopped, the, the McGregor-Mayweather fight, I was thinking, why did I even think he had a chance? This is one of the best boxers there's ever been against a guy who's having his first fight. And people bought into it because they're really good salesmen. And they know if there's an MMA fight, Dana White will want to cash in on it. Floyd Mayweather will want to cash in on it. And you can better believe Conor McGregor wants to cash in on it. It doesn't do much for McGregor's career if he beats Floyd Mayweather. It doesn't do anything for Floyd Mayweather's legacy unless he bet him. And then you'd be going, oh, well, didn't see that coming. But that's not going to happen. It's, it's, it's something that is dead in the water after their their first fight. And I have to call it first fight because I would not be surprised if there was a poster or something coming up by the end of the year and these two were going to fight. <laughs> I did, McGregor wants it. Mayweather, how much does he want it? Unless he, unless he needs the money. I think walking into an octagon teases it, saying 2018 that he's got, like saying like he's going to fight an MMA fight. I, I, I don't see it unless there's another kind of compromise rules kind of thing. But... It, it's old now. I think people don't really want to hear it. I think McGregor should go back and fight who he needs to fight. And if Mayweather still wants to fight, then to fight someone that is going to, you can give the fight a bit of credence that he's going to, that you can believe in. I, you can't believe in an MMA fight no, with Mayweather or McGregor. No. And me personally don't want to see Mayweather fight again. I think you're at your 50 and 0. Walk away. You have enough money. But he's after captioning one of his photos, photos, the billion dollar man. Unless he's desperate to stay in the limelight, you, you wouldn't know. And McGregor's legacy in, in MMA is kind of been a little bit tarnished by how, how much he's staying away. And it doesn't do much for either except make a whole lot of money. And I think if you were to say that to two of them, yeah, they just say, yeah, I'm making a whole lot of money. I don't care what people think. <laughs> yeah, well, that is exactly it. We know for a fact that's what it's all about. We, we, you know, I don't think it. I don't think it's a fan thing personally. They're not really doing anything for the fans. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it. I won't be buying it if it happens. If anything, I probably, I'll... I probably would buy it, but I don't think Sky would pick it up. I think Sky got there, got 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 a bloody nose from the last one. I think. I probably would buy it because I don't know why. I think I just would. I think the spectacle of it, I'd watch. I, don't, I wouldn't believe what's going to happen, but you'd watch it just because it's there. Um, the, I bought the the Mayweather McGregor fight. I, I just it, I had myself not convinced um, that something could happen, but I, I go, what if he does? What are the chances that he just lands one on the button and he rocks him? You you don't know. Yeah. And that, yeah. That, I don't think that happens in an MMA fight. I think you can just take him down and choke him out. So I think he'd need to sit down and seriously look at himself, Mayweather. That does he really? Like even when he went to WrestleMania, he fought the biggest guy, but he still yeah. won. So he can't have a blotch on his record, especially the last one. And I think it should be a point where they kind of go, "Yeah, we, we we're not sanctioning this." Yeah, no, they'd sanction it because there's so much money. But oh yeah, of course. I think people don't need to be fooled by this. 
No, no, I, 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 I totally agree, and, and I, I personally don't want it to happen. Um, but that's just my, that, I, that's just my opinion on the situation. I just think that it's a, it's a bit of a piss take out of the fans, really, uh, MMA fans and boxing fans alike, to be honest. Because well, all they're trying to do is they're trying to capture both audiences, is you know, to get to get them to buy it and and, and make that much money off it. In reality, but well, Dana White is trying to come into boxing anyway. He he's he's setting up as a boxing promoter. If he wants to do that, do it, but don't do it with kind of a UFC fighter against a boxer like Floyd Mayweather. Once again, it's kind of that circus that you don't want around either sport. Definitely not around boxing. No, absolutely. Well, I've had enough of talking. <laughs> I've had enough of talking about that now. I can sod that now. Uh, one of the things that I did for, uh, forget to talk about a little bit earlier on when we talked about uh, some of the boxing coming up is the uh, rescheduled uh, show that was cancelled for the 10th of February, which was supposed to be uh, coming up very shortly, but it's been rescheduled for the 24th, which is the Frank Warren show. Uh, we have Daniel Dubois, Anthony Yard, and Zelfa Barrett all featuring on that particular show. Uh, that's just been announced, obviously, in the past couple of days, and I'm really glad that that's still happening because I was really looking forward to seeing all three of them in the ring again um, I don't know much about their opponents as such yet I've not really done any research into who they're actually fighting uh, but again I'm just looking forward to seeing all three of them back in the ring they're, you know, they're all three uh, very good prospects uh, for 2018 for sure and we're really looking forward to that um, so it's definitely one I'll be catching up on on the 24th um, what, what do you make of, of obviously the three fighters that are on that particular show Daniel Dubois is another one going going about his business in the right way, um, kind of that kind of quiet personality, but just a beast in the ring. And you could probably say that for Yard as well. Um, they all have the look. They self Barrett, another one of them, um, slick, stylish fighter. Um, and I think Frank Warren is he's building a nice little stable over there on BT. A lot of people um, wouldn't have BT. But he he has some good cards coming up, um, and he has some really good fighters in his stable, and that those kind of fights that might go under the radar a card like that, but that's one that you'd be tuning into. Yeah, that's not like the British beef one. You're gonna see maybe not the best fights, but you're gonna see good fighters. I'm not saying that there wasn't good fighters on Saturday, but it's 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 an entertaining one, especially to see Yard's progress. And to see um, Zelfa Barrett, I think Daniel Dubois is at the point now where he's just knocking out what's in front of him. <laughs> yeah. um, you'd be like to see him by the end of the year that um, he's getting a bit more of a test, maybe in with someone, maybe if they if they can get a fight, maybe with someone like Dave Allen or Nick Webb. I know that's cross promotions, and it's kind of I, we've seen that's tough to make. But maybe put him in with the likes of a Kevin Johnson if Kevin Johnson was willing to willing to come come back over, but. Three fighters to look out for, especially Yard. Dubois still doing um still doing the kind of starting out bit, but Alpha Barrett is one of those slick stylish fighters that that people are are gonna see gonna see good uh, a good performance out of. He's nineteen and zero, um, and just taken away. And I and it's exciting to see Frank Warren have a have exciting fighters. I think when he was on Box Nation alone, a lot of people didn't get to see the best um of what he had. And I think the platform that BT are giving them. Across the um across the channels they have, it, it's exciting because you need someone to kind of not put it up the sky, but there's healthy competition. Yeah, and the more boxing there is, the better, exactly. and the better for for fighters to have that option. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. And I, I you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys in action again. Um, that sort of about wraps it up from a lot of the gossip and speculation and, and news and announcements that I've got. Uh, have you got anything, Cole, to, to, to bring to the table? Is there anything I've missed off at all this week? One small thing that um, I'd like to get your opinion on was the ring card girl, uh, ring card girls, um, that people want them banned and stuff like that. Um, maybe, what do you think, PC too? The world's gotten a little bit crazy that we have to kind of stop all this kind of stuff. Well, it's it's a, it's very hairy fairy to be honest with you. You know, on an unrelated subject matter. Um, I seen a post on social media today by somebody I know, and it was about um, another controversial subject. So I'll get back to the ring girls in a second, but again, this is just an example of political correctness and all the rest of it. Um, it was a post about boys uh, at the age of, say, six, seven, playing with guns and all that type of stuff. And then underneath that picture was a picture of boys with makeup on, um, posing, and it caused an absolute stir on this particular account on Facebook. And I was just, I was just, I'm one of the people who just sits there and read the comments and. It's situations like that where all political correctness comes into play, and the ring girl situation is uh, a lot. A lot of the people, a lot of the girls that go into it. I mean, I know a couple myself from the boxing circuit here in the northwest, and they're the nicest people you'll meet. And you know, they 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 know what they're getting themselves into. They, they you know. They they want to do that. A lot of these girls that are doing this are trying to go down the modelling route um, in one way, shape or form. And a lot of them do see this as a, a route to do that. And a lot of them enjoy boxing. You, you won't find a lot of the ring girls that don't enjoy it. I mean, I mean that's just, again, in the Northwest, like the ones I've met, I've, you know, they love the boxing, they love sitting there and watching it. And essentially, they're getting to, to watch it for free. And I don't think they see themselves as 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 being objectified i mean there's ones that i have met which are stereo you'd class as stereotypical and you just think mm-hmm. you think to yourself they're just up there because they love themselves and they clearly love their their body and and their themselves and they love to show it off and you can tell which ones they are quite easily um but then you get the others that just enjoy being a part of the show and I don't see what the problem is personally. If you don't want to do it, don't get into it. But don't don't stop it. Don't don't, you know, put something in place to stop these things from happening at these events. You know, a boxing or darts or Formula One or whatever it may be. Why why stop it? At the end of the day, these these, these ladies know what they're they're doing. They know why they want to do it. They obviously want to achieve something going forward, uh, as a result. So so why stop these things? I, I'm I'm just a believer in the fact that you, you you're free to choose your own path and these these girls are choosing their path and they're not being forced into doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they're they're being gone to the head and saying, Right, you're gonna get up in there and you're gonna go in there in a in a skimpy skimpy bra and a skimpy pair of knickers and, and show your body off to the world. It's not like that at all. It's 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 all well managed, uh they're all well looked after. They get paid a decent pay for the night and they go home and it's a good way of earning a living. I mean if you want to get it brutal, you know, what, you know, it's not like they're going out and selling the body, is it, essentially? They're not actually selling the body to a man. They're, they're just going up there, they're holding the, the, the ring card up in between the rounds. Um, and, and, and that's, it is what it is. So why, why stop it? And a lot of people have come out and said they ain't stopping doing what they're doing. So fair play to them for doing that. But what's your, what's your actual take on this situation? Well, I think it's one of them. I think when the dad stopped it, I think they looked at other sports where maybe they kind of had women kind of 
the walk of the man down to the to the stage or the the ring card girl letting you know what round it is, which some people might not know what round it is. But it, it's a kind of tradition in boxing. We need to stop all these things just because there's a movement behind them that it needs to be stopped. It's no one's disrespecting them. They, they, the girls, as you said, they want they want to go do this. They enjoy it. You say a lot of them sit and watch the fights and and could could follow the fighters and that kind of stuff. So we don't need to change it just because there's a movement behind it. I think the world's getting it too too much. Kind of like there's no grey area here. You can, if a girl wants to go out, if that's her Saturday evening job or whatever, whatever night the fight may be, that's up to her. If she doesn't want to go, she doesn't go. But you don't need to get, need to be stopping them from doing this or ban it. And I don't think any promoter should kind of go right. We're going to be the first ones to stop the ring card girls. It's one of those. I think it's the world now is at at a point where everything needs to have a meaning behind it. You could yeah. just go. It's tradition of boxing. There you go. I would have said the same about darts. And I'm surprised that that Matchroom didn't decide that with with boxing. But I am glad to see that that they've kind of taken a stand, saying, "No, it, it, these girls get paid a wage. This is what they want to be doing. We're not forcing anybody if they don't want to do if they don't want to do that. That's up to them. But it, it's like any other job. It just happens to be that they're ring card girls. That they they're not wearing um they're not wearing full full clothing. But I think it's one of them that. It, People are putting their opinion on it. That it's not the meaning, I don't think, because these girls want to do it. They're not being forced into it, and I think that's what people need to realise before they kind of go, "Yeah, let's ban it straight away. Let's <laughs> let's let's make a yeah. stand." You don't need to make a stand with everything. It, it, it's just boxing. It's they're walking in between for thirty seconds, and then they sit down and and people like getting pictures with them and stuff like that. So they add to the show as well. So it's it's something that people need to kind of in the. I think people need to cop on a lot and. Um, Kind of relax. Not yeah. everything needs to kind of let's make a stance. Let's let's be part of this movement. Just see it as what it is. It's just for me. It's just a harmless bit of fun. It's they're going to work. Yeah, and and it's it's, it's not like they stood there with nothing on. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like they stood there with literally like as if there was in a strip club. Do you know what I mean? It's not like that at all. Yeah. They literally go in there. They, you know, they they, they glam themselves up, looking very nice. They obviously feel good about themselves for doing it. Um, they get yeah. they get paid a decent wage to get to watch the boxing, to get to follow the boxers, meet the fighters, meet famous people. Which you know, I'm not being funny, but when I get to go to the shows, I love to meet famous people. I love to meet boxers. <laughs> I, I, I introduce myself to people because I, I'm I'm so it's so surreal for me to be in that environment. You know, being a fan for so many years and then being within that environment now is different, and and that's probably part of what they feel as well so yeah I, I, I'm i not for it I just think it's a lot of crap to be honest with you and people are just making an issue out of nothing as usual and that's generally what happens um, but yeah no that's my opinion on that one um, is there anything else because uh, I've got nothing else for this week no I'm all good I think we, we, we've uh, we've We've done a good bit of covering this week. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, for the guys that are listening to the podcast, I really hope, again, you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you very much for the feedback that we've had this week uh, with last week's episode. It's uh, been very much appreciated. Um, what I would like to say to people that are listening to the podcast is to get your questions over to us uh, on Twitter uh, at Beyond the uh, BTR Boxing Pod, uh, Facebook, Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast, uh, myself, Sean Basto, ESBR, uh, or you can get a hold of Coffle at at fourteen Coffle. Now, obviously, for people yep. that uh, the pronunciation of it, it's actually spelled at fourteen, and then it's spelled C A T H A L. Is that correct? 
Yeah, there's a good Irish name for you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and obviously, if you've got any questions for us for the show, please get in touch with us. Obviously, there's the email address as well, Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us that way. Um, me and Cahill have been talking, obviously, off the air, and we've been talking about some of the topics we want to discuss uh, aside from the weekly updates. And, and one of them that I suggested, which I think is quite, um, quite a good one, uh, given that year over from Ireland is to talk about Irish boxing and Irish boxing legends I think we should do an episode on that and I think um, I'd I'd really get like to get your insight because I think I I need a little bit of uh, education on on some of the stuff that goes on (laughs) in Irish boxing that I don't know about Um, so I'd I'd be really loving doing an episode on that Uh, but like I said guys for the guys that are listening please get in contact with us if you want us to do any particular topics Uh, we're more than open to do that or if you've got any questions uh, or any type of feedback please please leave us on the uh, social media handles that we've given you on this episode. Um, and again, just thank you so, so much for, for getting um, the downloads and the plays. It's, it's really appreciated. It really is. And me and Carl sit here, you know, on a Wednesday night and the episode goes out live on a Thursday and we, we really enjoy doing it. Um, Carl, have yeah. you got any final words? No, just re- no. Any questions that we can get would be perfect. Any 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 feedback um, is always nice to hear. Um, yeah, no, it's it's nice sitting down on a Wednesday evening and, and and having a chat about boxing. And yeah, it's it's nice seeing the the show go up on a Thursday. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. And um, the more people kind of get involved, um, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I look forward to hearing. Uh, from from people from the next week and again Cahill thank you for your time this evening um, we'll, we'll catch up uh, in the next couple of days uh, there's a couple of interviews uh, to come next week guys so if you're enjoying getting the interviews from the likes of Dave Allen uh, Jake Haig um, keep listening because we've got a couple of more exciting ones to come next week uh, so keep tuning in get subscribing SoundCloud iTunes YouTube Stitcher boxing podcast on facebook and on twitter Uh, and guys thank you very much for listening we'll see you next week sports social podcast network judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.